1: Turbocharger customer experience results with NICE CX1. Now you can rapidly scale extraordinary CX with the power of the cloud. NICE CX1 is the most complete customer experience cloud platform and is trusted by thousands of organizations around the globe. With CX1, you can deliver frictionless self service as well as top notch digital and agent assisted interactions. Get cloud powered CX at scale. Learn more at nice.com. That's nice.com.
2: Calm. You don't put those inside of you, do you?
3: This is a show about women.
2: I mean, you do? Yes.
3: Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was ten, we were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season
1: 246, episode 5 of
4: Der Daily Zeitgeist, a yeah!
1: production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Friday, July 22nd, 2022 which means it's solar flare day because all of our technology is fucking up on the daily zeitgeist Wild. this will be the first episode we've ever recorded where i i can't look gaze into miles uh miles's eyes yeah i'm calling in
5: i don't even yeah. know i have my video up to be honest but i think i'm doing that just to maintain some semblance of, of uh, <laughs> stability to the show at the moment but yes it's not just Solar Flare Day. It's also good good news. It's National Hammock Day, and it's also National Mango Day, okay? So just Hell enjoy yeah. your mango in a hammock, you know, and get down.
2: Oh, that sounds really good. That is, that is the rare day
1: that, like, paints a complete picture of the type of day you should be having. The hammock with the mango. Hell yeah. All right. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Scrapple with some cheese. Stomach starts to stir, starts to stir. The whole plate got me feeling unsure. Can't eat no more, can't eat no more. Might poop my drawers to the potty. I go, go, go,
5: go, go.
1: That is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, Maine, at Waffle House. Little apple bottom jeans take on Greta's from a couple days ago. Greta's yeah. Scrapple Melt recommendation and what it would make me do to my drawers (laughs) anyways i'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host mr miles gray
5: subway tuna might have turtles subway tuna might have turtles subway tuna might have turtles turtles in my foot long i devour uh, that's Waffle House, That <laughs> Waffle House. Christy Yamaguchi, wow. man, hitting the fucking exacta today with two AKAs from the tip top. Also, there are some great Subway Tuna AKAs. I seize you. They will be addressed. I seize you all. So just don't worry. We'll get there in good time.
1: Damn. The turtle really, really did. I feel like we were right to highlight uh, the turtle in the, in the tuna, Subway Tuna seafood trawler mash.
5: Exactly. I think cuz that's the thing that sticks out. It's like you know, just the idea of a turtle being in the subway tunic is enough to get the conversation going.
1: Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined by an actor, comic writer and dancer whose new podcast The Boss Bit Show podcast just dropped five episodes on all our asses last week. It's Kirsten <laughs> O'Brien.
2: Kirsten! <laughs> Oh my god! Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I am sweating my tits off for various reasons. Yeah, it's the solar flare. It's the technology.
5: Yeah, everyone's everything. having tech issues today, but we're making it through. We're making it through.
1: And Kirsten, we are not related, as far as I know. Correct?
2: Uh, not yet.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> okay.
5: Just wanted to <laughs> I don't know, DNA. know what that pending, means. Pending. I think pending DNA tests. <laughs> Right. Yes, yeah, pending
2: yeah. DNA tests. You know, listen, the Irish really got around at the turn of a couple centuries ago,
5: mm-hmm. and
2: I have a lot of Jack O'Briens in my family already. So You're I think kidding we're kidding me. <laughs> I do, of course, I do. We're Irish. Yeah, I, I can count the... three.
5: What's yes. the What do you think the most common like male name with O'Brien as the last name is? Is it Jack or Pat? Because I feel like I hear a lot of Pat O'Briens too.
2: Ooh, I'm gonna challenge you there and say it's John.
5: Right, right, yeah, right. right.
2: It's probably John O'Brien.
1: Which is my name, actually. It, <laughs> I I am John O'Brien and go by Jack just to uh, differentiate myself by taking <laughs> the it. second most common name. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, some people just name their kids Jack now. Like they don't even do the John. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Are they insane? It's a,
1: it's a mess. I don't know what's what's wrong on. with them? Jack is a nickname. <laughs> It's what you call people <laughs> when you're asking them how to open PDF. It's not a real name that you give them.
5: <laughs> how do you open PDF, Jack? Yeah.
2: Well, the Jack O'Briens in my family are very cool. Um, okay. One of them wow. was a CIA sniper, and what the um, fuck? one of them is my uh, second cousin, I believe, who I've never met, and then the other one is my nephew, who's two years old. So
5: okay, yeah, I, sorry, I, so I like so the, the two-year-old. One? Yeah, you said this first one was a, 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 did you say a CIA sniper? Correct. I don't even think they're supposed to have those. Not on the books, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, not 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 out in the open.
1: Wow. Right. It's okay. a fun He's story. just somebody who's, who you don't know what their job is, but then like when you take him skeet shooting, he like shoots the skeet <laughs> and then like shoots all the pieces of the skeet as they're falling to the ground and you're like, huh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> huh? Uncle Jack what do you do? I, I do data entry in uh, Virginia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> and sometimes
5: yeah, yeah. I do client work abroad in the Middle East. I don't know. Look, don't ask a lot of questions. <laughs> hey. Exactly. Sometimes they need me
1: to enter data in the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oof. Yeah. I think growing right. up, the, the story was that he worked in insurance. You know,
1: whatever. Yeah, wow. Insuring the future of capitalism. <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> 100 Oh, my God.
1: All right. Well, Kirsten, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, I'm going to scroll down here on my phone and tell the listeners a couple (laughs) of the things that we're talking about uh, a little later on in the show. We're going to talk about where San Francisco is headed after they ousted their progressive district attorney. You know, they were like they they just bought into that. They got scared off by the CVS wave of you know, shoplifting. And we're like, Mm -hmm. we got to get this guy out of here. And yeah, it's bad. It looks like good alternatives. Yeah. Looks. It's very bad. Dark timeline.
2: Well, would you like me to chime in on this?
1: Uh, When we get to it, for sure. Right now, we're just just giving the headline, telling the people, giving them a little sneak peek. But you could give them a sneak peek of what you want to what you're going to chime in with.
2: Well, there was a really great uh, Atlantic article about how San Francisco became a failed city. And I think like the concern is a lot about crime and theft and protecting corporations. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I think another huge part of it is the drug problem and overdoses and death from overdose. So it was a very interesting article and really sad.
5: Yeah, Yeah. I think we'll get into like kind of how like very real problems can be, you know, manipulated for Not the best intentions, because if you're really trying to help people, there's a way to do that.
2: Certainly. Mm Yeah.
1: This is the first time I've ever done the podcast and just heard Miles's voice instead of looking at him and I'm uh, transfixed. (laughs) What a voice on this man. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to check in with Dr. Oz's garbage campaign. All of that. Plenty more. But first, Kirsten, we do like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history?
2: Oh, my gosh. So I recently searched on Google the name Guy Palmieri. Now, let me explain why okay. I searched this name Guy Palmieri. I was trying to name my new palm tree that I bought because I killed Vera Wang. Unfortunately, my <laughs> aloe vera plant kick the dust, kick the bucket, and I wanted to name my new palm tree. And I was convinced that Guy Palmieri is an actual person. But I think I'm just thinking of Guy Fieri, to be honest.
1: I think you're conflating Guy Fieri and Chaz Palminteri,
5: maybe? Yeah. I think, I think you got Chaz Palmentary in there, for sure.
2: So, yeah. so the big question is now, first of all, I could not find Guy Palmieri. There's no significant person... Sorry if your name is Guy Palmieri, but you're not right. significant enough for the Internet. This person does not exist. So now the big question is, do I name my palm tree Guy Palmieri anyways, or do yeah. I name it Guy Fieri, or do I name it Chaz Palmentary?
1: That's hmm. I, I think you got to go with Guy Palmieri. That that sounds like a <laughs> uh, a work of poetry that just like came full formed out of your unconscious mind.
2: It's, It's certainly the stupidest choice.
5: Yeah, Guy Palmieri is great.
2: I think Guy Palmieri is the one. So that's what I Googled. That's the kind of time I have on my hands. Sure. Yeah.
5: Did you, in your mind, were you like, oh, like, who did you think Guy Palmieri was like if I, I know that you just felt that it was a name, but like in your mind, did, were you kind of envisioning who Guy Palmieri is or was
2: kind of I was like, was he on the Sopranos? Like, is this a character from the Sopranos that I like can't put my finger on and like can't picture his face? Hence the Google search. And I was like, this has got to be a real person. But yeah. not a significant one, it turns um, yeah, out.
5: I'm 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 willing to put my money on that. It was a conflation of Guy Fieri and Chaz Palmentary for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My brain. Oh, my poor brain. Also,
5: Chaz Fieri is kind of a cool name too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Or Faschieri. Faschieri. I don't know if you saw the the th- thread of uh celebrity names with their first initials swapped, but that <laughs> I can't not think of that every time. <laughs> I, I hear a celebrity name. <laughs> That's or hysterical. Any name. I love it.
2: Yeah. Oak Jabrian
1: it's- is mine, it kinda sucks. But I, I will I'm gonna <laughs> say right now that I totally thought Guy Palmieri was a real was a real name. Thank like when you, you said it, I was like, "Okay, so Kirsten oh, yeah. was looking up a Sopranos actor." Yeah, it, it has the yeah. ring of a real, of a real fake name, like something yeah. someone named Doesn't themselves it? after they saw the Sopranos. Maybe.
2: <laughs> like you could totally meet someone and be like, "Oh my god, I love that actor from the Sopranos, Guy Palmieri," and the person would be like, "Oh, I think I know who you're talking about."
5: Right. When really, I Absolutely. think the only Guy Palmieri we see is a real estate consultant in Livermore, Maine.
2: <laughs> yes, that's the one I found, <laughs> and I was like, "That's not the one I'm thinking I, of." I can't that's be. definitely <laughs> not the guy I'm thinking of. Right.
1: Um, what is something that you think is underrated, Kirsten?
2: Eating all your meals in your bed. Mm. I think that is highly underrated. Listen, I'm very blessed to have an eat-in kitchen in my apartment. Do I use it? Rarely. I mean, when you've got a down comforter and like your dog and you can be horizontal while like shoveling a salad into your mouth from the 24 hour grocery store. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's living. That's living.
5: I mean, I love eating in bed, but my wife, Her Majesty, will not. She's like this disgusting. Full like get out of here. Like, eating a slice of pizza <laughs> it's in bed. Disgusting. I'm like this is luxury. Okay,
2: I, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's luxurious. I'm saying it's so enjoyable. Is it sanitary? No. Absolutely not. No. But you know, can we have any joy anymore? You yeah. know, I need I some that. joy in my life.
1: What are you watching <laughs> while you're while you're eating in in bed?
2: Oh, my God. Barry has blown my mind. Do you guys watch Barry?
5: Oh, yeah. I still have the finale left, though. Because everyone's like, the finale! And I'm like, okay, based on everyone's reaction to it, I don't know if I'm ready for it yet. (laughs) But I'll I'll get to it.
2: It's so fucking brilliant. So incredibly Mm -hmm. brilliant. I mean, to first of all, I try to not watch shows that are super violent just because it, Mm -hmm. like traumatizes me. I think like our country is violent enough, like I don't need to like watch it on my free time. Right. But this show is so violent. And yet it's it's balanced so well with the comedy that like I don't mind it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this last season was particularly violent. Oh yeah. And like sure. Ooh Ooh. Yeah. But just such a good show. Such I'm, a great show.
4: Can I I'm,
5: I'm sorry to derail the conversation like I always do on this show, but I'm I'm curious, Kirsten, where did you, you didn't grow up in Missouri, did you?
2: Absolutely not.
5: Okay, because there was a guy <laughs> there was a guy, Palmieri, who was running who was, I guess, somewhat prominent in Joplin, Missouri. So I was thinking maybe wow. that's what happened. I can't let go of you Guy know, Palmieri right now. I'm sorry. I no, just you can't,
2: don't. Don't let go of him. Hold on to him forever. Listen, that is very weird, speaking of zeitgeist, because there's a whole Joplin, Missouri subplot in Barry. So oh, that's a little right. weird. That's I got to right. say that's
5: very that weird. Whoa, weird. you know what? God works in mysterious ways on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, like and this is phrase. what God
1: is up to right now, is finding <laughs> interesting little coincidences to put into the... First act of the Daily Zeitgeist. <laughs> I feel like Guy Palmieri podcast. could be a hearts of palm salad with bacon and cheddar, like <laughs> over it, made by Guy Fieri.
2: And Maybe again, that's... you're bringing it all together by bringing up a palm which is the plant that I wanted to name Guy Palmieri. So, you know, uh, God does work in mysterious ways. I think he wants us to find the Guy Palmieri in Joplin, Missouri. And I don't know, maybe it's a second coming. Like, I don't know what's happening.
1: (laughs) I bet Guy, I bet Guy Fieri has a restaurant in Joplin, Missouri. And maybe, (laughs) maybe we can reach out to that restaurant and pitch them the Guy Palmieri, Hearts of Palm. Salad in, I mean, smothered in bacon. The smothered guy, Palmieri. Uh, <laughs> <down>.
2: <laughs> the smothered salad. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> smothered. Smothered is like, I, I always, anytime that adjective is being used on food, I'm like, I, I'm going to enjoy this. Oh, yeah. Because they've used an adjective that is only otherwise used in murder, really. Right. Like, <laughs> wh- wh-
2: I mean, like, you are murdering your arteries if there yeah. is yeah. smother in the name of the food item and you are definitely at an american chain restaurant
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's
2: either a chili's or i mean so many delicious other choices
5: yeah yeah
1: smothered freedom fries
5: yeah how do you want your headstone (laughs) when you die i want my headstone smothered and covered (laughs) that's
1: right which one is smothered do we do we remember
5: isn't isn't smothered with the country gravy Ooh, Ugh.
1: yeah. And that is, that is the best one. <laughs> we're, we're talking, of course, about Waffle House yeah. tater tots mm. or hash browns, my bad.
2: Have you ever been to a Waffle House sober?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. <gasps>
2: wow. Okay. Many times. Okay.
5: Yeah. yeah. I like, wow, wow, live wow. very close okay, to a so... Waffle
1: House. and
5: because the few times I'm in, like, Waffle House country, it's usually, like, I'm eating breakfast to get on the road somewhere versus, like, I was getting fucked up in town and then I hit the the Waffle House. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, my only relationship to Waffle House is from college, so I guess that tracks.
5: The the Waffle House Smothered and Covered is I, diced onions and then smothered in onions, covered in melted cheese. I've been to places where they use "smothered" and "covered" to describe country gravy with other stuff. So that's like the real fucked up version, I guess. I'm I've, oh. yeah.
1: smothered oh. in onions feels feels aggressive. I would have gone with yeah. a different different one. Yeah, you and like do capped that. does not feel aggressive enough, in my opinion. <laughs> Anyways, Kirsten, what is something you think is overrated?
2: Uh having children. And I'm so sorry if either of you have, um, to say that, if either of you have made that choice. (laughs) But, you know, I think it's a big ruse. I think it's a big ruse of capitalism at this point. And, you know, uh, it's just another way to keep the economy going. I don't know. I have a very poor outlook on, like, bringing more human beings into this mess. Mm. Does that... Do you know what I mean? Like, between, yeah. I mean, not to be super dark, but between like climate change and like school shootings, like, I don't, mm-hmm. ugh. Like, I just, it's like being at a terrible fucking party and then inviting everyone to come and be like, no, come. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or it's like, I do it's have like I four kids. Know. I have a four year old and a six year old. I will say we went oh. into it very eyes wide open that we were just aiming to create a couple of consumers, you know, more consumers <laughs> to fuel, the, uh, the late stage capitalism market economy. And mainly their main, you know, I read them ad copy at, for their bedtime stories. Yep. And, and the Rob report. <laughs> yeah.
2: I know, you know, and here's the thing. It's not, my issue is not with children. Like children are beautiful and yeah. wonderful. And like it, you know these innocent little souls. It's it's the bringing them in that I yeah. have a very sad outlook on. I, I would
5: think. I would liken it to like being on a ride with like it, being in line for a ride like at a carnival and like as you wait in line you're seeing the ride like fling people off and get horribly injured <laughs> and then you get closer uh-huh. to your turn and you're like yeah I, th- I think I think this is fine to bring a kid on to I think yeah. maybe we'll be one of the ones that don't get flung off. But yeah, yeah those, and you're just like, well, I've
2: been sure. waiting in this line for so long. Like now, I have to get on the ride.
5: You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're like, well, um, not everyone gets flung off terribly. So, <laughs> um, yeah, let's roll I the know. dice, kid.
2: I know it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one.
1: It is a tricky one. You know, as long as long as you know what you're doing, you're like you, you're, you're here to create. A couple guzzlers of Baja Blast, you're, you're going to be okay. You're never going to be disappointed. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, I mean, best it, of luck with that. It's a bummer. There's also, like, the world is statistically pretty safe compared to, like, even when probably we were born, but it's. Is definitely unjust and has lost its tether on reality. And we're headed for a complete disaster that we seem incapable of kind of coping with at the <laughs> at the moment. So it is kind of like a bet that I, oh, we'll figure this shit out, which I've always been optimistic yeah, I to mean, a fault.
2: You know, it's like, you know, when they pull like young Americans or, you know, 25 to 40, it's like one of their top stressors is climate change. Yeah like
5: yeah for
2: sure you know what i'm saying
5: oh yeah like i think about (laughs) their (laughs) deal
2: oh Oh, man no i was i was legitimately thinking about climate change this morning walking my dog and and, like sweating through my clothes and i'm like was it always like this you know and and i'm in new york city and we've been having these insane rainstorms that like yeah, flood like the, subways, the subways, like the subways. Yeah. The subways look like something out of like, uh, like a crazy action film, where like you think right. you're gonna see like an alligator in there because it they looks, are completely flooded.
5: It actually looks exactly like the Universal Studio tour when the tram pulls up to a subway station that has a fucking flood come through it, and you're like. <laughs> It's the exact same visuals that, like, always I feel like are evoked in my memory when I see that. I'm like, that's a Universal Studios attraction,
2: right? And like, I have I've lived here. I've lived in New York City for 15 years, and I'm like, was it always like this? Like, was this always an issue? Like, were we always like having people wade through waist deep water to like get out of the subway platform? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think so.
5: I mean, I, think I don't think so. Yeah, the other side of it, too. It's like, oh, here's a preview of what our infrastructure looks like when <laughs> <Yeah>. the inevitable <laughs> yeah. arrives. Oh, so. my God.
2: <laughs> oh, All right. Yeah.
1: Let's take a quick break and we'll be back and talk about, you know, ha- how we can deal with this new reality we find ourselves in. Namely, just locking everything down with security cameras and giving our rights over to a police state.
3: Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
4: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: And we're back. And uh, about a month ago, San Francisco ousted a progressive district attorney. Chesa Boudin. Mm -hmm. Chesa Boudin. I always want to pronounce his name like he's like I am suddenly Cajun, but yeah,
5: no, yeah, it's Boudin. I'm just saying if you want to get you know if you want to go down the Buskios with it, then that's that sausage they call Boudin.
1: Boudin. Anyways, I remember seeing the the right wing media slash a lot of the mainstream media the day after Mm -hmm. he was ousted in a like recall, just like loving it, just loving to tell the story of like this guy lost the city he's he's a you know he's a mess the city's a mess they've just like crime is out of control and then finding a handful of people who actually were looking at the statistics and were like actually was just suddenly the mainstream media really started focusing on Every crime that happened in San Francisco when this progressive district attorney came into office and the crime was statistically not up in any way beyond what you would expect from, you know, the economy and the pandemic. But anyways, we are now at the afterlife of that of that event and the D.A. who's been brought in uh, less less progressive. I I guess we could say.
5: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing we've talked about, right? Like there was all this hand wringing and pearl clutching, like the crime's out of control. But again, criminologists and people whose business it is to look at those things are like the three years that uh, Boudin served as a DA, there were actually declining or stable rates of like many crimes, like, you know, homicide and things like that. But like you're saying. The, the fix was on when, like, the moneyed, you know, property-owning people of San Francisco are like, let's get this guy out because he's being a little too humane with his, you know, sense of justice. So they got, once he's been outed, ousted, it's time for the, the the new regime to come in. There's a new DA that's come in, and now the the DA's office has purged all of, you know, uh, Boudin's old staff. And, oh, man, the alternative that is being proposed is isn't just like about slightly tweaking like minimum sentences or things like this. They're talking about mass surveillance. Let me just read this from the Daily Beast. It says, quote, under the latest policy proposed by a newly emboldened police department and backed by Mayor London Breed and the new DA's office. Cops would be able to watch residents in real time during a, quote, significant event with public safety concerns as part of, quote, investigations relating to both active misdemeanors as well as felonies. The cameras available for access would include those with a variety of both low and high level capabilities. Everything from commercial to private doorbell cameras could ultimately be employed to keep tabs on possible crimes. So and that's without
1: shown, like granting access like that. That's without them coming and being like, hey, can we use your doorbell? They just no, have like, access.
5: That would be like a policy that I think the police department would decide if an event is arising to the quote significant event with public safety concerns. But like if it's a misdemeanor, but active public say, like, what are we saying? Like What are the definitions here? And I think what's really interesting is this is how quickly you can go from a having a progressive D.A. to full blown surveillance state. Right. Like supporters of this new policy talk about how this will help the cops quote, curb the chaos of drug deals and robberies. And that's all bullshit. Like if are they are they are they proposing like a crime prevention thing where people are monitoring every single camera in real time? No, if anything, they're talking about. So they have evidence where a lot of this footage can be accessed after the fact. So it's not like spying on everyone's fucking ring camera is going to be the new method of policing. And I think this is a, again we're already living in a time where our privacy is under tremendous threat and you look at what's happening with Dobbs decision and the overturning of Roe, like privacy is a huge issue and we're already seeing how quickly even in like like how the media would say seemingly liberal places can go to this full-blown like yeah, yeah, let's just um let's just fuck with people's civil liberties real quick. That, that might be the better option. here.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the city of San Francisco has been in really deep doo-doo for a long time with like wealth inequality. And like this is like this did not happen overnight. Like San Francisco has had like a huge problem with the unhoused population and with drugs and with, of course, with robbery. And it's like we're we're The police answer is always treating the symptom and not going to the source of the problem of like, why is there not affordable housing? And why? Why are these poor people not uh, lacking so much community and connection that they're getting addicted to drugs? And, you know, it's just police is always the answer in this country.
5: Well, and I think that's the. The, the most fucked up part, right? Because like I'm so tired of hearing about policies and technology that, quote, will make policing easier. That's a that's like the biggest red flag like you could ask for. Yeah. Policing in this they country. They said
2: that about body cams. Right. They said that about body cams. And how has that worked out?
5: Well, yeah, you can wait a few months or maybe, oh, whoops, I tur- I didn't have it on that time. But I think what we, what we do know is that policing in this country is unequivocally a failed experiment. And we ignore new approaches to community safety at our own peril. Like the trajectory we are on will eventually lead to you cannot leave your domicile unless it is for authorized activity in order to ensure the community's safety type shit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I would also challenge that to say, like, it really wasn't an experiment like that. Uh, policing in this country has always been to protect wealth and to protect property.
5: Yeah, I, I, I use that in a very... uh a charitable way to say okay you're done 250 with this years uh <laughs> like yeah. how many times do working. you need to see it absolutely fail in your face to be like this is not a good thing or working and you know like to your point as well kirsten it's like we're not talking about what the root cause is right because so much crime that like they like the news likes to sensationalize There's so much shit that's just survival crime, you know, people needing ways to make money to support themselves in a family because they have been completely excluded from the traditional economy based on, you know, class, race, gender identity, what have you. And if we're going to actually slow, quote unquote, crime, we need to address the needs of people. It's proven over and over again what social safety nets can do to help stabilize people's lives. So people commit crimes because they are in need much of the time and not because we don't have enough fucking ring cameras that police can fucking hack into.
2: Exactly.
1: The police are basically, especially in San Francisco, they are private security for like real estate millionaires and LA too, you know, tech billionaires essentially.
2: And, and corporations. Yeah. I mean <laughs> you know I mean the the whole like CVS thing I have one of my best friends lives in San Francisco and she's like you literally can't find a drugstore like there are no drug because CVS is deciding as a company to close their stores because of the loss of inventory and, and then even, even the that is actually answer- a
5: myth that they were pushing because they were actually running at a loss on their rentals like for the for the locations they used to rent places and they had like actually articulated a plan to begin phasing out stores because they weren't just they weren't bringing in enough revenue to justify the the property rental cost. And they were able to right. then wow. loop in this the theft ring into like sort of give give this whole narrative even more legs so be like, dude, CBS can't even operate here anymore. When a lot of journalists are like, hold on, there was an earnings call six months ago where they talked about how this was a very bad market for them and they needed to rethink their strategy here. So that's what's like wild, too, is there's so many seemingly good faith explanations for things that are happening. But many of them are still tied up in like this, you know, manufacturing consent for this new way of keeping people safe by being like, yeah, we're going to tap into cameras just like they did in the summer of 2020, which I think a lot of people don't talk about either, where many activists are saying, dude, they're fucking tapping into like. Uh, cameras when people are exercising their right to protest and that's having a chilling effect on on our ability to organize things. So there's like so much shit that so much multi-layer shit happening with like when they can just take one sort of really sensational bit of video and take us to this point, I feel like. Yeah.
1: And if you want to see that like there's a conspiracy at work with the mainstream media or at least the mainstream media is heavily influenced by wealth and like look look at that story about CVS and like why they're closing their doors and the real the real reason is that the rent is too high that every everything costs too much prices are out of control particularly in You know, with with regards to rent in San Francisco, Jesus Christ. And that like that is a that is a story that everyone can identify with. That is a story that needs to be told that people are telling in movies and people are telling. But in the mainstream media, they chose to take like ignore the fact that CBS couldn't even pay their fucking rent and go with it's these handful of unhoused people shoplifting. And like they yeah. they've made it so they can't even like keep shit on the shelf anymore. Which again, the fact like it there is brutal inequality in San Francisco. It's not like those crimes were were not happening, but the fact that the st- the runaway story that became like a national media you know phenomenon became about shoplifting instead of like a story that is like desperately crying out to be told, Ezra Klein who's like really smart for usually like half of his articles. He like, I think he started with Vox and now he's at the New York times and he's like, he almost got there in this article where he's talking about how like prices are the main story in the United States. The fact that prices are completely out of control and that there are things that the government could be doing to hem them in and make it so the corporations aren't able to just raise prices as much as they want or, you know, landlords aren't able to. And they're choosing not to do that. And then he, you know, uh, proposed a bunch of like means tested shit at the end. But he was almost there. It was almost like, yeah, so what what do we do about that? We need to have a government maybe that isn't completely and 100 percent of the time beholden to corporations and wealth only. But yeah. That, yeah, that it's, I'm. it's wild.
2: it's it's truly criminal. I mean, we just had an article come out from The New York Times that the average New York City rent is now five thousand dollars. And yeah. that's <laughs> I mean, it's laughable. It's yeah. just it's it's truly mind boggling. I mean, we have like a housing crisis. People are waiting in lines around the block just to see a shitty apartment on the Lower East Side because right. it's two thousand dollars. Right. At, and, and even that is so high for the average person. Right. It's, it's w- yeah.
5: And I think and again it's w- because America hate like the media hates to really like examine what the real issues that are like harming this country are. We're not talking about it in a way of like okay the average the fucking average is 5000. Like most people are raised to be like hey you don't want to spend you know more than a third of your monthly income on rent. So if this person, this magical person who can afford five thousand dollars a month a month rent, they're making what fifteen thousand dollars, you know, net. Yeah.
2: Who is this person?
5: One hundred eighty yeah. grand a year take home. Right. Like, that's what. You, that's yeah. your net. Yeah. Like so. Where 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 is this? Because most people who would hear this right now be like, who, why, and how many people like this are there? There. I mean, there are plenty of people who can afford that, but that's not what the average person can afford. And I think. When we do these things and just scapegoat the poor uh, for being like, oh, this chaos, man. CVS is fucking up because these poor people are stealing things rather than shit is so expensive and people are so desperate. Look at what it's doing to society right now. Look at that. Yes. But it's easier to just say, oh, God, this this D.A., man, he's a real he's a real loser, huh? Because everything's out of control because no one can afford anything. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes.
2: <laughs> yikes that's right. <laughs>
1: and uh this is our And yikes. Annual. I just I'm trying to figure out what your salary would have to be to pull in 180 after taxes and I just did $250,000 and that brings you to uh 162,000. So you wouldn't even if you made $250,000 a year you wouldn't even be able to afford rent in average rent. Yeah, if you in- made
2: a a quarter of a million dollars a year, yeah. you could yeah. not live comfortably in New York City.
5: <laughs> right, if, if, even if I you're mean... if, if you're living by that rule, because we know most people are spending sixty percent of their income on on rent. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, absolutely, spending way more than a third of my income yeah, on my rent. Are, it's
5: everyone is so strapped, and but again, when the people who report the news are people who are not strapped and have never been strapped and will never be strapped for cash, like. Yeah. Well, you have to, to be making to a, to around
1: 290,000 almost $300,000 a year to afford rent and uh to afford average rent which is not right. How things work, but that's I mean that's what was cool about this Ezra Klein thing. It was like, holy shit, did did they just find out about this in the New York Times? But <laughs> yeah, he was just talking about like how the medium home price in 1950 was 2.2 times the average annual income, by 2020 it was 6 times uh childcare costs grew by about 2000% between seven, 1972 and 2007 family premiums for <sighs> employer-based health insurance jumped by 47% just between 2011 and 2021 deductibles out-of-pocket costs went up 70% like that does that that's in 10 years and it like you the amount we're paying on for health right. insurance let alone like companies is went up 70% this is when we're supposed to be like getting state sponsored healthcare. And then between 1980 and 2018, the average cost of an undergraduate education rose by 169%. And so everybody is in debt, is in massive debt. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. like what we were just talking about with being able to pay your rent, like everybody is in debt and they are like, well, why is why is there crime? Why? Why are people unhappy with the Democratic Party? And it's like, well, I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) And just
2: um, specifically on the the child care costs, I mean, it's my my brother has two young children and one is two and one is like six months and they had a dual income. Both he and his wife were working and, you know, doing pretty well. Like, you know, they they had a good upper middle class income for a family of four. And just to consider her going back to work and then having to put them in daycare, they were looking at four thousand dollars a month in daycare costs. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, like for most people, that's like you would only be working to pay the daycare. So how does it make sense to work? Like,
1: right. it's, it's like It's it's so I, well, it I makes sense if month. she's going back. I mean, that offsets. Assuming she's making, you know, one one to one point five million dollars a year. That's exactly. that's easy. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. As a as a special education teacher, that's about yeah. the average of well, <laughs> of what they're. What making. What could a
1: special education teacher make? Michael one one point five million dollars a year. <laughs>
5: yeah.
2: Holy moly! So it's like, how do we? God, we like, how do we circle that square? My goodness!
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what we, at every at every turn, like we people who are in these places, positions of power, and it's hard for them to abandon the status quo. But like the the previous ways of thinking are not applicable, and in fact, they're they're harmful at this point. And the challenge is to have the imagination to do things differently. Because we're not in the same fucking realities that we are. And right. you know, I think that's what's so right. frustrating. Like my
1: favorite philosopher said, think different. Steve Job, have you, have you, you read fucker. his work? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only philosophy we teach our kids is, you know, Baja Perfect. blasts for breakfast and uh, just add copy. <laughs> add copy for lunch. Exactly.
2: Love it.
5: Hustle for dinner.
1: Yeah, and you hustle. You get out there. You get on your grind, sir. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes.
2: Love it. Super healthy.
1: All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
2: What the big fat ones are? You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do. Yes.
3: This is a show about women.
4: Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College.
3: Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare.
4: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: And we're back. And Dr. Oz, America's doctor, the worst Oz since that James Franco movie, still <laughs> hot on the campaign trail. And I don't know, man, Have it, did you ever hear that voicemail where he and his wife like called the reporter who like had written something negative about him no. and then they left the phone unhung up and you just like heard them be like. Just so like bitchy and awful and like kind of evil sounding, but it also felt like they feel like they're entitled to to this Senate seat It's pretty wild. It's not going great for him. He seems somewhat social media, social media illiterate and just like humankind illiterate a little bit. <laughs> the thing, his main thing that John Fetterman, his opponent, actual human being and former Bernie Sanders supporter is, you know, hit, hitting him on repeatedly is that he's like a, a fake Pennsylvanian. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't live in Pennsylvania until he decided to run for office. And his response to that critique is (laughs) to go to the biggest tourist traps in Philadelphia. But, like, the tourist traps that everybody thinks are, like, authentic. So he went to, you know, the two Philly cheesesteak places, Pat's and Gino's, and took his picture in each one. And Pat's immediately came back and was like, do you even live in Pennsylvania? And can you spell the town you live in? Because in his campaign announcement, he misspelled his, yeah. can- his declaration of candidacy. He misspelled his supposed Pennsylvania hometown. And he, he got yeah. roasted for that.
5: He, he showed his like show business ass because he, he said he was in Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania, but he spelled like Huntington beach, California <laughs> like, right. with the T. Oh my God. And yeah. I, I like that he goes just, but again, in a panic thing, be like, yeah, I went to Pat's and Geno's though. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to cover can both we, sides.
2: Can we also talk about that? Like one of the press pictures that he took, he has like a big thumbs up, I think. And it has right behind him, hashtag heart attack. Like, yeah. wasn't yeah. he a heart surgeon? Like,
1: what? He was. He was a heart surgeon and a very good <laughs> heart surgeon, right. by the way, which sh- shouldn't tell you anything about Dr. Oz. It should tell you about surgeons. Surgeons are essentially (laughs) like fighter pilots. They're just...
2: They gotta be good. Yeah, you can't be like a a bad pilot.
1: They gotta be good with their hands. They do not have to be all around emotionally intelligent human beings, which I think is confusing to people sometimes.
5: The best part, though, is like how John Fetterman, though, like he is Dr. Oz's social media nemesis. Like when he tweeted the thing where he's like, yo, I Geno's and Pats, he... The thing that Fetterman tweeted, he said he quote tweeted that he said, Ah yes, the trip to Pats plus Genos, a rite of passage for every tourist. Yeah. And Fetterman's
1: social media team is on point. They're or
5: if doing it's him. and then he even got Snooky to record a fucking cameo because he lives in New Jersey and because of her Jersey shortcut. Let me just play this thing where he John Fetterman summons Snooky like and some fun, Pokemon. John Fetterman. <laughs> To be like, let me just throw some shade at Dr. Oz real quick, jersey to jersey. Hey,
2: Maymet. This is Nicole Snuggie. Hey, um, And I'm from Jersey Shore. I don't know if you've seen of it before. Um, but I'm a hot mess on a reality show, basically, and I enjoy life. Um, <laughs> but I heard that you moved from New Jersey to Pennsylvania to look for a new job. And personally, I don't know why anyone would want to leave Jersey because it's like the best place ever. And we're all hot messes. Um, but I want to say best of luck to you. I know you're away from home and you're in a new place. <laughs> But Jersey will not forget you. I- <laughs>
5: just like, Again, just... Do think we think Fetterman Snooki knew
1: what she was doing in that? Or do we think that Fetterman's nah. campaign reached out and just gave her the script? And yeah. They gave her the script. Oh, she man. It's
2: so good. It's so... Mm, I don't know Snooki that well to like believe that she really knew the kind of shade she was throwing. No. But if... If Betterman paid for that, that's brilliant. I'm sure he
5: just paid and said, "Hey, my friend Mehmet." Even though she's like, "Hey, Mehmet," <laughs> like so. That's I'm like, I don't think <laughs> I don't think she was coached on this at all. Like, I think she just looked through her cameo request and was like, "All right, this is for Mehmet who just moved from Jersey to Pennsylvania," and because you can always say what you want them to say, and you yeah. can just say, "I just really want you to wish them best of luck on their new journey," because you know they left home. And so they can script it in a way that, like, the celebrity will just kind of regurgitate. Wow. It. You got a poem that's media.
2: brilliant. I think you might be right. There's just, like,
1: an authenticity about Fetterman in this, which feels like it has similarities to the authenticity that is, like, confounding to the mainstream media that, like, Sanders had, where they're like, what is it about this guy? And it's like, oh, they, like, actually say, the thing that they believe and there's like there's there's no they don't have consultants who tell them how to speak in a language that will make your job easier they just say the thing mm-hmm. and so Fetterman's got 9.9 9 million in campaign contributions Dr. Oz's campaign has pulled in 1.1 $1. 1 million which I think I is the less
5: that's, that's nine a, times that's, more
1: that's not good and Fetterman seems to be like surging in the polls, despite the fact that he hasn't actually been campaigning. He's been recovering from a stroke. He right. had a he suffered a stroke due to an undisclosed heart condition days before he earned the nomination in mid May. I'm not going to say anything about the CIA's heart attack gun or the fact that Bernie Sanders had a heart attack in the lead up to his run for president. I'm not going to say that, but I'm (laughs) I'm just saying a CIA sniper named Jack (laughs) O'Brien might have been at work with a
5: little heart attack Might have dusted off the old badge. The old heart attack gun.
1: (laughs) But Dr. Oz's response to him, like, being not on the campaign trail and still, like, kicking his ass was, like, first of all, to put up a, make a, like, really bad graphic of Fetterman on a milk carton Mm -hmm. with, with a missing sign, and then the date is, like, missing since when he had the stroke is like the date that he used like they didn't write when he had the stroke but they might as well if it was like since this date which seems pretty dickish coming from a man who once again would like us to believe that his first name is doctor i think he tried to legally change (laughs) his name to dr oz
5: no also great great i love that cardiologist you're a fucking cardiologist right you know it's he had a stroke today. It's a heart condition. He's like, Yeah, I know how that should happen, but fuck that. He's on a milk carton. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jeez. It is it is
1: truly early nineties television graphics, though, that they've got, which makes sense. Like it's like the done by the 78 year old Photoshop whiz that Dr. Right. Oz knows. <laughs> um is like the caliber <laughs> of image image work that they've got here.
5: That was the other thing he posted where because he's he Doctor Oz's whole thing is trying to tie Fetterman and like Bernie Sanders together, be like he's just a Bernie or whatever. And he did like he did um the Step Brothers like the poster from Step Brothers with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, but he swapped out Bernie's head and John Fetterman like he swapped in Bernie and John Fetterman's head, and it said best friends, and it's like. John Fetterman's head is so big in this Photoshopped image. It looks so (laughs) fucking bad. And then John Fetterman replied to that fucking tweet that Dr. Oz did with, like, the most meme shit where it's just, like, a rainbow gradient in Comic Sans that says, Graphic design is my passion with, like, a clip art kitten, (laughs) like, crudely (laughs) thrown in the corner. And everyone, like, he's just getting fucking ratioed constantly (laughs) because Fetterman's sliding in the fucking replies.
2: Savage.
5: But it's just so funny. Like
1: tying him to a doctor or uh, to Bernie Sanders or AOC, he's like that ought to do it, and he keeps getting more support.
5: Well, then, yeah, they'll show clips of when he had Bernie on his fucking show, yeah. And you are like, yeah, is this you also? Like, what do you like? What's the deal here?
1: He also made a commercial, the entire premise of which is that he doesn't have a heart condition. It's literally just a minute of Doctor Oz jogging in slow motion. (laughs) Like, for real. Wow. Yeah, that's all they did. They were like, look at this healthy spry motherfucker. Yeah. Oh,
5: my God. it's wow. there's You know, Jezebel has, like, they have a fucking running list of all the windmills that, like, Fetterman's just put on Dr. Oz on Twitter. Yeah, just, it's worth checking it, out. Yeah, like there's one where Fetterman made a McLovin driver's license where it was clearly like that McLovin meme, but he mm-hmm. just made it it says Pennsylvanian driver license. <laughs> driver <laughs> license. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
2: man. oh man i i also just to circle back on like the the campaign money I, I love dr oz's explanation of that where he's like well when democrats are angry they they raise money and when republicans are angry they go mow their lawn i was like <laughs> what <laughs> what are you talking about like yeah no when they're angry they go protest protest outside of abortion clinics and it's horrible with guns like, what
1: yeah
5: and then get away with it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like just completely out of touch with reality.
5: Yeah. But I mean, who better than to be the Republican Senate candidate than a guy who does like a (laughs) I can jog fucking commercial.
1: (laughs) This is going to be such a great testament to or such a great test of like the amount of money that Dr. Oz is spending on political consultants right now. Through the day of his ele- the election is astronomical, and Fetterman truly seems like it's him and his stoned like fourteen year old cousin who is like running his social media feed. Like it just <laughs> it it's pretty like savvy, but savvy in a in a way of like he hired a handful of very good shit posters to run his social media campaign, and he's like not doing that much else. Can't imagine Oz will fare well in a in a debate if that ever happens, but oh
5: my God, yeah, I can't imagine what that would look like
1: yeah <laughs> it'll it'll be interesting to see because I mean Oz does have a lot of the advantages in the sense that he is a household name, and John Fetterman is I think the opposite of that, like for the most part heading into this election, right, I mean, he has that leather jacket that's. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's got
5: to stand for something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyways, Kirsten, truly a pleasure having yes. you. We yeah. made it. We did it, despite the universe your tech glitches, despite my tech glitches. They didn't want us to record this podcast, but yeah. but we did it anyways, and it was a it was uh. a true pleasure. Where can people find you? Follow you? All that good stuff.
2: Yes, thank you. Oh, my goodness. So uh, you can find us on Instagram at boss bitch show. That is our uh, New York City stand up show that we do the second Thursday of every month in the West Village at the comedy shop. If you want to see us live, come out and see that we're a, a femme forward LGBTQIA BIPOC show. And which is very atypical for a New York City stand-up show. So right. <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing, come on out. And we have just launched our uh, sister podcast. So it's The Boss Bitch Show podcast. And uh, we interview people and have lots of fun. And again, super sex positive. And we love to talk about therapy and psychedelics and politics and feminism. And yeah, it's a good time.
1: Yeah, I think one of the one of the episodes y'all dropped last week was like always overbook a gangbang. Correct. Yeah. And it's a
2: and it's a um, it's a fair recommendation. Yeah. Um, Always overbook. Just practical advice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Very practical
2: advice. So, yeah, you can stream it wherever you stream them podcasts. And yeah, we're pretty excited about it.
1: Awesome. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying?
2: Oh, social media specifically, um, or anything you've been enjoying or anything. I mean, here's what I will say. This is shameless, shameless promotion. But we were just in The Guardian and like the print newspaper, which like, when does that? ever happen like with a picture and everything yep. so i thoroughly enjoyed seeing myself in a print newspaper i gotta say it's leo season it's almost my birthday like i'm allowed to just be obsessed with myself this there month and that was that was very um satisfying I Wait, must what's say. Your birthday? they named us august 5th
1: august 5th all right we're born yes. a, like a week apart and are have the same last name it's pretty crazy Oh my god. Whoa. What is that? You guys so, are related.
2: I know. So I thoroughly enjoyed uh that, I gotta say, very narcissistically. And I did. They named us uh Top Podcast of the Week.
1: Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying?
5: Oh man, Twitter, Instagram at gray. Look. If you like basketball, check out Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. And even if you don't like basketball, check out Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. Because guess what? Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. So why don't you listen to it on the, the podcast?
1: The NBA has officially co-signed. We have Mad Boosties. Yeah. I, can, I can hit net the very bottom, I mean, but I hit it hard.
5: When we hit a million downloads, we will do a dunk contest yeah. on live. We'll do that on IG Live. You guys can vote on that. In a single
1: that. day. So y'all got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of like and review. Uh,
5: But uh, actually, Jack, let me just uh, alter that. We'll bring the rim down to eight feet. Okay. So it's going to be a jam off. Okay. Uh, Also, you can check me on uh, 420 Day Fiance, where I talk 90 Day Fiance, my favorite trash reality show. Um, (laughs) A tweet that I like. Let me see. I got a couple here. And I saw this. It's always funny when I look at ones and I like to see if Jack liked them, too. I stayed away. From some of those ones because we always overlap let me see let me see uh oh, okay this one is from trash jones at JZux tweeted microdosing vacation by disassociating at work <laughs> it's a very <laughs> interesting way to look at it and this other one that is just a very uh heartwarming tweet it's from docs underscore gay uh their display name is westworld era with the pirate flag it says, me and who, for real, for real. And it's this clip of someone looking into their pool skimmer, and they take the lid off. And, like, there's, like, a little, like, sponge floating thing. And there's a little tiny wet mouse and a frog just staying afloat on it side by side. So Like, because they couldn't swim. And it's just oh. wild to see them together oh. being like, hey, man, when are we getting out of here? uh, But they're chilling. Uh, So, oh, shout out to the frog.
2: I did, the I did really also enjoy that. And I would 100% watch that Pixar film. <laughs>
5: There's just something about a wet little mouse and very calm next to like a little bullfrog. It looks like fucking like a child's storybook, but about the suburbs.
2: Exactly.
5: I need to find that
1: and immediately option it. That sounds brilliant. (laughs)
5: Hey, I work for Disney.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a couple tweets I've been enjoying. Bill Garfs tweeted, hydrated Obama be like, "Uh, let me pee clear.
5: Really, (laughs) that construction's been doing the rounds. (laughs) Let me me, me, Uh, please.
1: District Sentinel tweeted, "Like Vampire Weekend, thank Vampire Unions." And (laughs) Matt B tweets sixty nine tweeted David Attenborough voice: "The lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night." (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) <laughs> and then <laughs> that was the one you thought of. Yeah. <laughs> and then Fred Delicious just had the tweet I mentioned earlier. The what's the funniest celebrity name? If you swap their initials, I'm torn between Wenzel Dashington and Hom <laughs> Tanks. And then there, <laughs> the thread is just full of some great shit. Cradley Booper. <laughs> Snesley Wipes. Love it. Uh, like th- this could be its own podcast. Yeah. Truly. Jane the Dwak Ronson. Let's go. (laughs) Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com. We post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about today. Also, Go like and subscribe, uh, whatever, and uh, rate and review the podcast. It's been yeah. maybe three years since we told you to do that, but it, it's helpful. Oh, yeah. if, we if you we live... do a terrible job of, of our job as podcast hosts, but Sorry. yeah, go go give us a review if you haven't already. Please. Make it fun. We'll read it here if it's if it's five stars, obviously. Wow. Don't okay. fuck with me, okay? <laughs> Don't
5: fuck with me, man.
2: I Um, mean, any press is good press, right? Yeah,
1: I guess so. Just not in the Apple review section. (laughs) If you write for a newspaper, come through with a wild review about how we're like you know, left wing and dangerous. And yeah, that would be great for us, actually.
5: They're like pro poor people or something.
1: <laughs> also in the footnotes, you can find a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might
4: enjoy?
5: Oh, this is going to be, if you like Sir, and you know the song Devils,
4: away. Uh,
5: that's actually a sample of this track you're about to hear if you choose to go seek it out. It's by Billy Boyo and it's called One Spliff a Day and it's a great like you know reggae track from like the late 80s he was 13 when he made this track and uh, only had a very short career and like i think passed away in his like early 30s uh, but this track is just it's just fantastic it's Friday enjoy yourself billy boyo one oh, spliff shit, it's a day Friday.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Enjoy the weekend, everyone. Yeah. All right. Well, The Daily Zyka is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that is going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending and send you off into the weekend. And we will talk to you all then. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Turbocharger customer experience results with NICE CX1. Now you can rapidly scale extraordinary CX with the power of the cloud. NICE CX1 is the most complete customer experience cloud platform and is trusted by thousands of organizations around the globe. With CX1, you can deliver frictionless self service as well as top notch digital and agent assisted interactions. Get cloud powered CX at scale. Learn more at nice.com. That's nice.com. Com. Hi, it's Jack O'Brien for Health Aid Kombucha. Uh, this bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst quenching, uh, great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors pink lady apple, your passion fruit tangerine. Uh, ginger lemon is one of my favorites. It's organic, a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. You guys know I'm a big soda fan. Well, what if I told you there was a fizzy drink that instead of making you feel like you were drinking chemicals, it made your tummy feel good? That is Health Aid Kombucha. Look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Makes my dang tum tum feel good. So make Health Aid Kombucha your go to for a healthier,
4: happier you. more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA
3: meeting. Really?
4: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
3: I never win and tell.
4: Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You don't put those inside of you,
2: do you?
3: This is a show about women.
2: I mean, you do? Yeah.